Like you had a big poop coming out. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. Well, that's why we need all the toilet paper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah, so welcome back to Habeas Corpses, all you boils and ghouls and corpses crew, on another exciting episode. And what are we talking about in particular? Well, it's gotta be a viral film, right? <laughs> <laughs> because it's. <laughs> Pretty much going around everywhere with the coronavirus. But before we jump into the coronavirus and the movie that we are talking about, I want to give a bit of sad news. Max von Sydow is dead at hey, the age of 90. He played... Uh, um, uh, da, 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 da. Someone I, unimportant? No, 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 no. He was the <laughs> priest in The Exorcist. Oh. I'm trying to think of... Uh, that's his... enough for me. I got it. Thank you. <laughs> like, I know exactly who you're talking about now. I'm like, what's the priest's name? Um, not, not Valent. What was his name? Googling. Google. Give it a goog. Giving it a goog. Um, but he was also in some other films. Uh, who plays the dead priest? <laughs> That's terrible. Him, um, the exorcist. Father, father, father. Max von Sydow, the one that. Like, yeah, but what? What's the? Um, his name is. <laughs> I can't believe we can't find it. It's not Damien. Hold on, I just like zoomed in on my Google, and I don't know how to zoom out. It just keeps getting bigger. Oh, whatever. Hold on, I'm almost there. <laughs> You're almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, did you also know that James Wan's doing a Mortal Kombat uh, movie? None of those ever were good. Why are we trying it again? Well, because James Wan tries everything once, right? Yes, that's true. He played Lancaster, Lancaster Marin. Yes, Father okay, Marin. Father Marin. There we go. I'm like, why can't I think of this right now? I've read the damn book. I've seen all the movies. Did you like the book or the movie better? Um... That's a really hard one because I actually think most movies are just adaptations. Like, um, but I felt like the Exorcist movie was almost one hundred percent spot on to the book. Uh, I think the book's a lot more graphic. Definitely, but as far as like adaptations go, like that was that's really super close. Um, I do think that I probably like the book better. And the book is in like my top 10 favorite books. Really? Yeah, I would definitely say so. That's cool. Well, he made it to age 90, which is, a that's a good life. That's a good, good length of time. I agree. Um, so that's all I really have for news. Other than I just learned that James Wan is making a, like a Mortal Kombat film supposedly i guess 
So that'll be interesting and cool to see when that comes out. Um, I guess somebody, this lady, the um, beat the fucking shit out of Gabriel Fernandez's mom in prison. Pearl Fernandez, like, took a tuna can. I don't know how she got access to a tuna can lid and, like, sliced her up So <laughs> for I, killing her kid. I did uh, see that in the news or something. That was just recent, right? Um, for, yeah, very recent. Was it because of the Netflix documentary, you think, that she got more info and was like, fuck this I bitch. don't know, but she definitely did it because she killed her kid. Oh, yeah, I mean... Um, that's terrible if you guys haven't i didn't watch the i guess there's like some sort of web interview with her with the lady that did it i don't know how to access that it was i'm on a um, crime like page okay and that's how i heard about it well that would be interesting if you guys have not seen that documentary on gabriel hernandez fernandez Fernandez. i always say hernandez fernandez probably because aaron hernandez yeah and they're both those documentaries are on there and they're usually like in the same little row Mm mm-hmm um it's it's heart-wrenching it's terrible i almost like it's terrible in a good informative way like nothing about what that documentary covers is good but i do like that they're shedding light on the situation and how bad and they um, um the one thing that i really like about the that as well was they covered every inch like like and all different angles. perspectives. Yeah, you got and... the only perspective they don't cover is the actual caseworkers from DCFS because they refused to yeah. be interviewed for the documentary. Now, on one hand, I don't blame them because nobody's going to be very nice to them on the internet. Yeah, and you don't want to. Like... But on the other hand, I also think that it's good to kind of get your story out to even say like this is protocol and like that's not okay, but this is. You know, I, this is the world we're living in. Like, I think that could have been good. But I do see why they wouldn't. I'm going to speculate here, but I'm going to guess that the high up said, you talk to anyone and on this we'll documentary you and like you're, fish. you're done. <laughs> because this is, it's basically unraveling a can of worms, man. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the documentary, they go over no, another child that was in the same situation, same stuff. And I found out about Gabriel Fernandez briefly, like I've I've said before, while following the AJ Friend case, which was last year, and it was very similar, um, in like caseworkers covering things up, and um, you know he goes to the doctor, but the caseworkers still don't pull him, even though they have the means to, and just like that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's a it's a insightful documentary that i wish wasn't made because i wish that it hadn't happened but yeah exactly i'm grateful that they are bringing the events to light to give us give everybody more awareness that our system is so broken it is a broken system it's it's bad there's no good system anywhere for anything uh yeah (laughs) i'm just saying i mean no it's it's kind of true it's uh, I don't even know. I don't even want to know what being a caseworker is like for the DCFS because I can imagine, not that I'm saying that I'm not taking sides one or the other. I'm not going to say that they're terrible or they're great. I've dealt with them in the past, Mm -hmm. and I thought some of the things I said to them went on deaf ears, uh, kind of. But 
to imagine what you have to try and like all the protocol, all the red tape, all the stuff they have to go through is probably very monotonous and very like. So I think there I've I've dealt with two different kinds of caseworkers before. Uh huh. And one was absolutely amazing. She would bend over backwards for every kid that she dealt with. Um, she even would give like foster families resources that um, DCFS wouldn't normally provide. Um, she did that for both her kids and for the families. Like, you know, just she was the available 24-7, like didn't matter you called her and she was there like she was exceptional and she poured her heart into it so hard that she had to leave because the system is so broken yeah and she just couldn't stand by for those injustices and had to put herself into some other very like other caseworker you know she still remained a caseworker but not through dcfs gotcha because um, it's so broken that she was like, that nothing I'm going to do is going to be helpful. And then the but, other kind of caseworker is like the, this is my job. I'm here for a paycheck. I'll help the kid if he needs it. I don't give a shit about the foster families that are helping the kid. Like, as far as I care, you're fucking chopped liver. Like, And here's the, th the hard thing that's got to be really hard for them to sift through because they get a lot of credible leads credible complaints right mm -hmm. but i know for a fact that in the past some of my close family members way long ago were reported to dcfs just because these people didn't like them mm -hmm. you know what i mean it wasn't so that's where it's gonna be really tough well and i actually was talking to someone i'm not gonna name them or even hint who it is um mm -hmm. But I don't think anybody that listens even knows this person anyway. Any hoozle, they were like, yeah, I've had people call on me just when they're angry at me, but they didn't call when they should have. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and this was a person that, like, had been on drugs previously and was now doing very, very well. Turn their life around. Yeah, completely turn around. But they were like, when I'm clean, they call, you know, when I've got my life together. But when I'm, like, in the fucking shitter, like, nobody's helping my kids. And, crazy. you know, so I think that that's really, really difficult because they do have to sift through things like that that aren't, you know, I'm not saying they are, are important, but they're not like, they're not, they're just not true. They're lies. Yeah. And then they have all these other weird laws or like just in the state of Utah, like we have such odd laws that it's like, sometimes you do, you know, something is wrong and you know that they should do something, but there's certain age restrictions where it's like, too bad. Hmm. doesn't matter we're not gonna you know like a child dating someone older than them but because they're you know kids are certain when you fall into certain gaps um it no longer becomes illegal so if you're over a certain age even if you're a minor like if you're over the age of 15 and you're a minor you can date someone up to seven years older than you and it's not illegal and it's like okay well yeah they're 15 but they're not cognitively 15 you know I think the adult age needs to be raised, period, to like 25. Yeah. Because <laughs> what is it that they say that the brain is fully developed at? 25. Like, is it 25? Yeah. So when did this magical age of 18, that'd be interesting to look into what actually brought just, that about. I, I think we should look into that. But well, I do understand what you're saying. There's different laws and things. We're know, not lawyers. Don't. Don't be a sicko and start going out through. Like, no, please don't. I just... <laughs> 
like obviously I kind of work with kids or something a little bit and sometimes I see stuff that's not cool and I've called and I've been told like too bad so sad oh no we, we both we both have we have backgrounds that I have a wide background you have a very like because like what we're gonna start Let's jump into the movie. Okay. And the Since we're like 30 we're minutes in. About, you know, uh, we're going to just change this to the <laughs> CFS episode. Um, basically, we're talking about contagion. And the reason we're talking about contagion is because right now in the world, there is so much fear over mm-hmm. the coronavirus. Corona. And no, it has corona, nothing to do corona. with the alcohol. I remember when it first came out, people were actually believing that. Like, I thought that was a meme. Just like a funny meme, but people actually thought. I know. I was like, wow, there's a lot of stupid people in the Their sales there. dropped. Um, I read something that said they dropped like 35% or something. <laughs> For the opening weekend of the coronavirus. Yeah. Like, name it the Budweiser virus. Yeah. What the hell? Um, but even here locally. So the coronavirus is here locally where we live in Utah, in the great state of Utah. Does and it say what city it's in? Uh, well, it's going to be widespread. So basically they have identified, um, one Utahn who is now under quarantine and being treated by four COVID-19. So mm-hmm. coronavirus is like the, I like how everyone says it's been around forever. The coronavirus, you can look on your disinfectant material. It says it kills coronavirus. Well, that's true, but it's a... Coronavirus a new, is a branch of It's viruses. an umbrella term. Yes. And under the umbrella. Just like in influenza. Yeah. There's influenza, this, that, that, that. So this is a new virus. When you say influenza, people get scared. When you say the flu, people go, fuck it, I don't give a shit. When you say coronavirus, people panic right mm-hmm. now. And I mean, I'm not going to say I totally... I understand where it comes from. I think people need to educate themselves I'm being more cautious, more. but I'm not being panicked. Yeah, we're not running know. out and buying toilet paper and water. We're not clearing the shelves at Costco. But it is annoying that when you do actually need toilet paper right now, there isn't any. There, it's so bad that they are stealing. I seen the story <laughs> the other day that the police down south in southern Utah were like, "Stop stealing our damn toilet paper!" Like people are going into city halls <laughs> and stuff and just taking the toilet paper from there. Ew! And why would you want to take that stuff? That's the cheap. Two ply crap. I man. guess if you're panicked enough. That's the toilet paper that breaks in your hand. And then you get like a little poop under your <laughs> fingernail. Oh god. And that's why it's important to wash your hands for 30 seconds with hot soapy water and not just rinse them off. Mm-hmm. There's things you can do to help prevent the spread of this virus. Yes, it is an airborne virus, though. Like it travels. I'm just on... gonna start wearing gloves and after I've touched something, take them off. <laughs> <laughs> It travels on uh, mucus molecules and stuff when people cough. So that's another thing you need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. When we were in the mall the other day, I was all I could think about. I was like, I need to get out of here. There's too many people. Um, but that being said, like, I do think that it is getting way too much attention in the media. Mm-hmm. I, it, do, it deserves a certain amount of attention, definitely. And it deserves a certain amount of... Uh, like education and put out there into the public. But I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people are getting super scared, obviously. 
my damn stocks keep dropping because of this virus. I haven't even looked at mine. It, the Dow Jones bit. was, or the S and P or the Dow Jones, one of the two went down another seven percent. It's literally since the two thousand eight recession, the stock markets haven't been this bad. But I'm looking at mine, seeing what I, I'm at. Yeah, I've I keep losing money, and that really upsets me. I have lost because... some money. <laughs> She's like looking at her account, like I have also lost money. Um, I've only lost like five dollars because I don't have as much in as you, but still say it. But it's <laughs> it's affecting the global market. It's affecting the global population. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's classified as a pandemic yet. Um, I don't know how um, that ter- I've heard that that term pandemic comes from it, uh, when it's a pandemic. It's officially like, okay, this is affecting everybody on the earth. Mm-hmm. That's when it's a pandemic. I don't know. I'd have to look up the definition of pandemic. On it. Giving it a goog. But that being said, we chose to watch t- Contagion, um, the 2000. 2000- 11 uh medical thriller now there are so many different outbreak movies out there there's outbreak um with uh dustin hoffman in it a wonderful movie that covers viral diseases that one more focuses kind of like on the ebola stuff there's mm-hmm. contagion this one is kind of um a whole new virus in its own but it's kind of spread like influenza um there's The Stand, the Stephen King superbug uh, apocalyptic movie. There's 12 Monkeys. There's um, Children of Men is one. There's so many different pandemic movies out there that are very enjoyable. But what I think this one does so well is it covers every angle from the general public to the Centers for Disease Control to WHO, which is the World Health Organization, Um and it, it's so broad. I think we're technically in pandemic. Are we in a pandemic because now? Because pandemic refers to an epidemic that has spread over several countries or continents, usually affecting a large number of people. Um, epidemic, is, it refers to a sudden increase in the number of cases of a disease above what is normally infect, uh, expected. So, like, there can be a flu epidemic but like, you know, just like the regular flu, like it's not like new strains. Mm-hmm. And then an outbreak is like carries the same definition as an epidemic, but is often used to describe a more limited geographic event. So I'm pretty sure we're in a pandemic. Um, well, and so that's scary. <laughs> but just so everybody knows, um, by contrast, a plague is not an epidemiolo- epidemiologic <laughs> term but one that refers specifically to a contagious bacterial disease characterized by fever and delirium such as the bubonic plague yeah plague <laughs> is a, a plague term as well or an yeah. umbrella term i that was just like a tip on there and i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> um but that's what i really enjoy about this movie mm-hmm. but this movie plays out almost kind of like a semi-quasi like documentary too because you never really get to grips with any of the characters in, like, um, you becoming don't build... emotionally vested in any of them. Yeah, like, when they die, you're just like, oh, shit. Well, I think only one character actually dies in this film. 
like one that you follow. Kate Winslet's yeah. character. Obviously, the the plague that they not plague the, the viral um, pandemic that they set out in this film is it's really kind of based on the SARS mm-hmm. uh, pandemic of 2003 and the 2009 flu um, pandemic. Um, but they create a new fictitious virus called MEV1. And it's basically from the zoo. I think they call it zoological or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's transmitted from animals into the human population. And we follow different characters. And you do get a lot of substance from the characters. I, it's nice that I think every character from Matt Damon to Jude Law to Kate Winslet to uh, what's his butt? Um, Morpheus. <laughs> what's Morpheus's uh, um, actual name? Lawrence Fishburne. He was also in CSI for a hot minute yeah, when he, they got rid of Christian Bergerfum, whatever his name was. I don't know. It's been like 15 <laughs> years since I watched that show. <laughs> but you literally get a, a great grip on everybody's uh roles Mm -hmm. um i think the story that i enjoy the most me is kate winslet's story no it's not because i have a crush on her from titanic days Mm -hmm. which she's just a really good actress though so like anything she's in i'm like i'm in it for the i'm in it to win it (laughs) and like and i i know that sounds silly but i she really is a fabulous actress and like I really did enjoy watching her in this. She she plays serious very well when she needs to. And she was like just getting shit done. She was like badass. And then, you know, you almost feel like, oh, nothing can touch her. And then she gets sick too. And it's just like a, yeah. it's like a really harsh reminder that like. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if you're a fucking epidemiologist, you can get the horrible virus that's killing everybody too and it, the movie opens up with matt damon this poor guy <laughs> um what he goes through his life is to us, okay <laughs> he, he basically plays a character named mitch who <laughs> i didn't even know his name was mitch i was just like that guy that's played by that other man yeah mitch is kind of a bitch <laughs> I actually like, don't like Matt Damon the very world much, is so like I don't really bent care what happens him over to his character. And it's just like we're gonna rape you, dude, because <laughs> he literally—I feel so bad for his character. His wife is one of she she's is the main. She she's is patient zero. Patient zero. That's right, and she's also having an affair. Yes. While traveling abroad, and. Once he, he has to figure out about not only losing his wife, because she dies very early on in the movie, obviously. We've got to get the ball rolling on this thing, because it's not a very long film. Yeah, like, she dies, and then on his way home from the hospital, he, <laughs> he got to call that his stepson is dead. So that's great. Not dead yet, but... Well, pretty much. Same, same stuff. And, and then he gets quarantined, and, like, while he's being quarantined, Kate Winslet rolls in, and she's like, so, who's John Neal? Yeah, yeah. He's like... I don't know why I remember that name. (laughs) That's that's the name. And he's like, is John Neal sick? Did he give this to us? And And she's like, just staring at him. She literally does. She's just like... Yeah, because she can't say officially. But you... And she's like screaming on... She's like... On the inside, she's like, your wife was a two-timing bitch. (laughs) sad. Because like we all knew as an audience, but... Yeah. Easily said. 
And so that's what gets the ball rolling with the virus. And Matt Damon's character finally gets his actual, what would you call this? Uh, his biological daughter comes and sees him. Yeah, it is his biological daughter. Because the son was his stepson. And, yeah. and he like that. is immune. He's immune. And he's immune to emotion with those two until the very end of the, mil- the film. That's what I thought was so funny. He's like, Waff's dead. Stepson's out of the picture. I, Hell I don't yeah. actually think that's a, a bizarre thing. So, like, I think Well, when... you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I, t- I totally do. Tragedy like... hits, and then the whole world's going through this huge tragedy. I get what you're saying. So, he almost blocks out those emotions. Yeah, I feel like he had to. Like, he had to go into survival mode because he had to take care of the one person he had left. And, and, you and fi- then at the end of the movie, when things are, like, kind of going back to normal. as normal as they can be, then he's like... He has his I'm breakdown. Mr. Genie fucking wife. <laughs> yeah, but and I didn't put that together at first. I was just like, man, I think he's like happy to be ready or be rid of his son and his wife. He's like, hell yeah, I get the house to myself again. Um, but that that's his story, and his is very interesting because you see the breakdown of society mm-hmm. through his eyes, whereas like his neighbors are getting robbed. And killed. And, and, and yeah, and 911, I thought was a very interesting thing. Like, you can't reach anyone at 911. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you need a body collected, please dial two. That's and exactly like, what happens. And you're like, what the fuck? And it's, if you are sick, and then it gives this other number, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. From Matt Damon's character's perspective, you watch as a general person. Yeah. Where the grocery stores are gone. Mm-hmm. crime is rampant and he's just trying to protect his daughter his last thing he has left the daughter has a little crush and he has he doesn't want anything to do with it well he's like you can't go you can't touch each other like what it, yeah he, he, we don't know maybe he's a carrier but he's not showing symptoms things yeah. like that yeah because like you can be a carrier and not get sick you can. That's the f- dogs are carriers of the coronavirus, but they aren't getting sick. Are you kidding? Mm-mm. All the dogs out of this room now. <laughs> Mandatory quarantine. That uh, just bringing up that whole thing of being a carrier but not being sick totally reminds me of Twenty Eight Weeks Later, mm-hmm. where she knows she's a character and willingly gives her husband that ran out on her the virus mm-hmm. and just so that scene is like. One of the hardest scenes still to watch for me. I'm a carrier of type 1 diabetes. Well, you can't give that to me, weirdo. <laughs> um, but that, that, so that's Matt Damon. You watch yeah. the destruction of society. Then you have... Um, uh, I, I also thought like Kate Winslet's character was really interesting because you got to see all the behind the scenes locally, not at, not up high, but, but like... Very local, yeah. You so, know, the local people are like... No, we don't, we don't need to do this. So you Whose got, budget is this coming out of? Yours or ours? Yeah, you got and Dr. Like, Ellis. Okay, bitch. <laughs> you got Dr. Ellis and um, Kate Winslet's is Dr. Mears. So you have, though, their story is very closely intertwined. Because he sends her there. He's, he's her boss, and he, he sends her out to the field. And I think this is the first time she's ever been in the field. But he's like, I need my best. Go. And, and you're my best. And you do. You get to see this very localized version of what happens. Mm-hmm. She's obviously with the Centers for Disease Control, but she's working with the local health departments. And you kind of see how politics works with this. 
money mm-hmm. and um it's basically uh pr and yeah it it's um logistics 101 <laughs> for viral outbreak with her character from i love how she just like smashes him though she's like fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> well when she's talking about like the r not factor and all that which the r not factor is basically if one person has the disease how quickly they give it to other people like the measles is like 18 uh coronavirus right now is 3.2 is what i was reading so well the flu is like not that i'm diminishing the coronavirus but i think the flu is like two. Oh really yeah and then like um yeah i just was reading that the the um measles infects it was either 14 or 18 but it's a lot of people well and i think that's cool with her character because not only are you following her story and you're learning about the logistics of it but it's all really educational and Mm -hmm. it's all actual like they did their homework on this film Mm -hmm. you're like wow cool you look it up you're like that's true Mm -hmm. um so she works with the cdc with dr chalice who's basically her boss he doesn't have the biggest role He's kind yeah. of a side character more. He comes and goes when the real big decisions have to be made mm-hmm. with um <laughs> with what's his butt. Uh, he's like the commander of the CDC. I uh dude, Malcolm in the Middle, Dad, Breaking Bad. I know, but I can't. Brian Cranston. <laughs> yeah, he's he's in this. All film of a sudden, too. it was just like I've never heard a name in my life. <laughs> I've actually never seen him in anything except I have seen him in his underwear several times. Because <laughs> for some reason, he loves to be on screen in his underwear. <laughs> That's another thing, man. They they had so many good actors in this. They film. really had. I just it's, don't like Matt Damon. I think he's really fucking. He, he was good in this film. He was fine. I thought he was good. You don't like his what? What about Matt Damon? Don't you you like? I think it's his face. <laughs> okay. I don't know something. I know that's horrible. Like no, no. There's actually a, like a South Park episode on hating Matt Damon. Really? I'm pretty sure there is. So like Matt Damon. <laughs> well, what's that other lady that I don't or not? I know that Matt Damon's not a lady, but that lady that I don't like. She's the blonde. She's in Zach and Mary make a porno. Uh, I don't know. Which there's a lot of blondes in Zack and Mary. The Mary. <laughs> oh, I don't know her name. I can't think of her I name am, either. I am terrible with names. And I don't and like her. Like names. anything she's in, she was in Brightburn. Anything she's in, I'm like, I can't fucking stand you. It's a bad movie. I can't fucking stand you. But Brian Cranston's in the film very uh, seldomly, but he's in it. Um, and then you got Marion Coltrid, mm-hmm. who plays. Uh, is it the kidnapped girl? Yeah, so she plays a doctor from the World Health Organization. She plays the same role. She's an epidemiologist, but instead of working at the federal level, she works at the world level. Yeah, and they sent her to go find out where it came from. And once yeah. she figures it out, they're like, get her out. Yeah, no kidding. They're like, uh, this Actually, can't originate from here. here. You can't. You cannot point towards her. That's a lot of implications that you're putting on us. And, and she's like, I love well, when, that fucking sucks. I love when she's watching the security camera footage mm-hmm. because it really shows you how a contagion can spread so easily. And it like kind of freaks you out a little bit. I was thinking that, about that today. Like I had to go get gas and I I got cash so that I didn't have to check put, touch any buttons on the screen. But then like I was making sure I cleaned my hands after touching cash because cash is dirty and like I was like, I'm going nuts. 
But I didn't want to touch screens because screens are, have got to be just as bad as cash. No, I'm totally with you because now what I've noticed that I'm doing is I am watching people so closely, especially like we were at Brewies, um for our Patreon episode, which releases this Thursday on the Invisible Man. Correct. But we ordered food from Brewies, and I noticed how gross some of the Brewies attendants were. And I don't know if it's probably, they're not even gross. Maybe I'm just paying more attention and that's just something that happens a lot. But mm-hmm. like when I seen the bartender roll a burrito on the freaking, but and I was like, if that's my burrito, I'm sending it back. I'm not eating it. And then she started eating it. I was like, okay. Girl, you're allowed to be gross for yourself. That's but then fine. we're waiting 55 minutes for food. And I, I just kept wondering what is going on with my food? What are they doing back there? What is, you know what I yeah. mean? And like I noticed every cough they did, every sneeze, every little thing in the, this movie made me do it. I'm, I know. I had to go get a fork. I thought we, I keep forks in the little the room where I eat lunch. And I thought I had more and, and I was out of forks. I only had knives. And I was like, well, I can't eat mac and cheese with a knife. <laughs> and so I had to go to the teacher's lounge and get a fork. And I was like, oh, baby Jesus. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Dude, I'm opening doors with my foot. <laughs> no, you did it yesterday, and then I thought I had enough time to get through, and I was like, donk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah. What was that when we went to Verges? No, Broovies. When we oh, were Broovies. leaving, like you opened it, and then I tried to run out right behind you, and I was like, boom. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm kicking doors open like a SWAT commander. I'm like, boom. But it's not because I'm trying to be a badass or anything. I'm just like, I don't want that door to touch me. I am washing my hands way more frequently, and I wash my hands a lot. I really do. I'm one of those people that, like, at the gym, I use those sanitizing wipes. Well, I use those, too. You don't know who's fucking touching shit at the gym. Yeah. I, I don't even want to go to the gym right now. Like, no, me I've too. I've been wanting I'm to go stay, use the pool, away. and I'm like, mm-mm. I'm canceling my gym membership. Oh, doing gym at home. If you only knew what viruses are in pools and bacteria. Ooh. Don't, um, I don't even want to talk about that, because I really like being in the water. <laughs> But I, I noticed I'm doing that a little bit more lately. And it wasn't from the coronavirus. It was this damn movie. I agree completely. <laughs> like, after watching that, like, one of the things that got me was, like, when she pays for her drink at the airport and then the lady touches her card and then touches the screen. And I was like, <gasps> Yeah, yeah, man. Or the girl, like, someone's phone. Like, I'm not using anyone's cell phones, dude. No way, no mm-hmm. how. I'm disinfecting markers at work. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody likes to touch markers and well and so i haven't been reacting to this because of the coronavirus it's been because of this movie and then i think about oh that's really gross all this stuff um but people have finally found because of the coronavirus they're like figuring out about personal hygiene they're like oh you're supposed to wash your hands i know oh my god and i was like yeah bitch uh beth is played by gwyneth paltrow paltrow Pal, is that how you say her last name? Yeah. Paltrow. She's kind of crazy in real life, so it's fine that she died. Is she? Yeah, yeah, she's Matt Damon's wife that dies she really has, early. Like, she is like imaginary. She's an imaginary doctor. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but so, uh, the the interesting thing about uh, Doctor Ortanas's character, played by Marion Coltrid, is she gets kidnapped. And like held, she gets held ransom for like, they're like, for the vaccine. Yeah, for the vaccine that they don't even have yet. But they're like, 
we want to be first in line. And then she like gets like kind of Stockholm syndrome because she builds relationships with the kids. It's not their fault she got yeah. kidnapped. And when she figures out that they gave them placebos, gave them placebos she hauls ass so far. She's like, I got to go save those kids. Is that where that ends? Yeah. I, well, you don't she, ever she really... gets up and starts running, but uh, I mean, it's implied. Yeah, it's implied she goes back there, but you never figure out if she got back there in time or whatever. We don't know. really but... Well, it's screwed up, one, to kidnap anyone, obviously, but two, to give placebos when you're making people think they're going to be safe, and then they're not. And Especially because it was, like, for, like, a bunch of kids. It wasn't, like, for a bunch of adults. Well, it was all adult. It was a whole I know, village. but it was, like, specifically meant for the children, like. No, it was meant for the whole village. What are you talking about? There was mostly kids that were left. No, there was yeah, not. Yeah, there was. When they showed that scene, they were like, this There's is all that's left children of and old people all over in that freaking room. Well, and then give the, chi- the kids the real the ones. Chinese the Chinese mafia, they all have their guns and stuff. The old people can go, but keep the children in this case. <laughs> then we get to my favorite character storyline, and that's Jude Law's character. He plays Alan, Alan Crumworthy, I think the name is. Is he the one that has his tooth sticking straight out of yeah. his fucking face? He's he's a conspiracy theorist. I hated him. He's a. I wanted to like poop on him. He's an. He's like a. He jumps on what would you call that? Not Cynthia. Yeah, so he's he's he calls himself a journalist, but really he's an opportunist. Mm-hmm. He sees oh, there's a pandemic. I'm gonna jump on this DoTerra. Basically is what it is. Yeah. It's doTERRA. If you don't know what doTERRA is. It's essential oils. But that's what he does. And he claims that it is curing him. And he, literally with his social influence in the social media world, because he is the first one that he kind of stumbles across this video mm-hmm. of a man dying or one of the original few of the virus. And he tweets it, shares it, tries to sell it to uh, a chronicle or something. They won't run the story. So he takes it and runs with it himself. And he finds himself in this lucky little section to make a lot of money. Because Procythia, he starts pushing. Forsythia? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he starts pushing it. And he makes a ton of cash. And Mm -hmm. he's... I think they said like $3 million or something. Oh, more than that. Remember, his bail is fifteen million, and oh. he makes it all. Yeah. And the dude that arrests him's like, uh, obviously, there's fifteen million other people just as crazy as you are. You made bail, and you never really figure out what happens to him either. But you're just kind of hoping that he there, does get sick because he convinced all these people that they were going to be fine just by taking Prasithia and they all die like that pregnant lady. Yeah. She was so desperate to survive and he's like, I'll bring you some. I'll that's you the some. journalist that he, that's the head of the yeah. news agency that he tries to sell the story to originally. Yeah. And, and she's pregnant. Yeah. And he's like, she's begging him and he's like. He's like, I don't have it here. It's back at my house. I'll, I'll bring it to you when I get it. He's got the most annoying accent. And that was the best British accent I've ever heard. His? Yours. No, mine's terrible. (laughs) 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 I am so bad at accents. What I do when I try and do accents is I always pick one. I'm like, I'm going to sound like a British guy. And inevitably, I end up sounding like a Chinese guy or something. Honestly. And then when you want to sound like a Chinese guy, you sound like you're Russian or something. (laughs) I'm not very good at it. Um... 
but his character development is interesting because you do see this side of people that's realistic. I think every one of these characters, you can kind of put yourself in their own shoes. You you can see different parts of society. Yeah. Um, and he basically cashes in on the craziness. He pushes the fear and cashes in. Um, I want to get down to uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character, though, mm-hmm. in in one aspect of it. Okay. And I want to know if you would do the same thing. You've asked me this already, but I'll tell you the answer again. <laughs> so he is privy to information, right? Mm-hmm. Brian Cranston's character basically tells him we're quarantining Chicago because this is Chicago's a major metropolitan area. It's got a huge airport, which anywhere that has an international airport is going to be like mm-hmm. an epicenter for disease, right? right? We live in Salt Lake. We have one as well. Not as big as O'Hare, but they decide they're quarantined Chicago. No one's going to get in or out. We're going to shut this shit down. Mm -hmm. And he warns his wife or girlfriend. They they were not married yet. They weren't married yet. Fiance. Mm -hmm. To get out. She warns somebody. Who warns somebody? Who warns somebody? Who warns somebody? Spreads like wildfire. Would you do the same thing? I'm sorry, I couldn't be one of those positions because if I had the opportunity to warn you or like my sister of something horrible. Lacey, here's how I see it. Lacey would get out of this classified meeting where they're like, we're quarantining Salt Lake and we we need you guys to be very quiet about this. You can warn your family, immediate family, get them out now. That's all I would warn. But Lacey's like leaving there tweeting and Facebook posting. I would not like I wouldn't do that, but I would totally like if something was happening and like I wasn't supposed to tell you that I don't like, know how you could ever expect someone to not tell their loved ones though. Or if there was right? like a disease going around that was only killing small children and I was privy to it, I would immediately call my sister and I'd be like, dude, you need to keep her in the house. <laughs> don't even touch her put her in a little bubble do not fucking let her i don't tell anybody <laughs> like i i couldn't keep that to myself because i care about like i care about you and i care you know there's people that i care about and so i could not be one of those jobs where i have to keep classified information that could potentially help my loved ones like i just couldn't like if i knew that there was going to be an earthquake in Salt Lake, and I wasn't allowed to tell anybody, you bet your ass I'd be like, get your fucking bags. <laughs> We're going to go. And I would tell, like, your sister and your dad, and I'd be like, we get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I get it. I get it. I, I just, I, I'm I'm on your side with it, but I'm like, you. I just couldn't. Like, when I don't you're have... told from the highest position of trusted power not to say anything, also, you I'm think really... your girlfriend's not going to say anything when you tell her not to say anything? You just didn't follow orders. She's not going to follow orders that's not given to her. Like, if somebody tells me not to tell someone something, I immediately am like, Marcus. (laughs) Don't uh, (laughs) don't trust Lacey, obviously. She's a gossip queen. (laughs) I have to tell at least one person, and Marcus is my person to tell things to. And then I tell it to everybody, too. (laughs) Don't tell us anything. Yeah, we can't be trusted. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Um, There was... that. That's interesting. There's... 
Marcus is like, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's <laughs> move on. I don't want people listening to this be like, I'm never talking to Marcus again because he's a shit talker. I'm not a shit talker. I'm just providing valuable information. I can't remember what the character's name was or whatever, but there's another character I want to talk about. And I know we're talking about a lot of characters and not the plot because the movie doesn't have a plot. And the movie is two hours long. But it, it, it has a plot. Virus affects humanity. But it's not like a fallible plot. Like, the, we can't the, even really talk about it. Every character has a different plot. Yeah, we'd be here forever. But there's a character that I do want to talk about. And I, I can't remember her name. But it's a research scientist for the CDC who does the vaccine oh, research. Yeah. She's a very important character in the movie that I don't think it's enough screen time. She doesn't get hardly any. But she she's saves the one the day. that yeah, saves the day and develops the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And she tests the vaccine on herself, mm-hmm. which is insane. But that goes to show her, I don't know, either love for humanity or the need for a Nobel Prize. But she literally is like, okay, we got to skip some steps here. Mm-hmm. People are dying at a massive rate. I know that I just cured this monkey with the vaccine. But we're, instead of going to human trials, I'm just doing the human trial right now. And she injects herself with the same vaccine. I think that's brave. And walks in and like kisses her dad on the forehead who is, uh, he's like a general doctor who got sick yeah. helping people. And she doesn't get sick. That's how it all kind of comes to an end we need more people like that <laughs> but i'm not one of them and i'm not here Neither to am I. i'm not a hero i would be like i'm not doing that no way no how if you're in a domestic disturbance i'll come save you if there's a pandemic sayonara yeah what are you talking about you wouldn't do that like you do the opposite though you're like i'm gonna run into danger when people are screaming they're getting, they're getting <laughs> murdered <laughs> i think it's your true crime side it is you were like you didn't care about the girl you just wanted to be the first on scene to report about the murder fuck off <laughs> um real quick there was no murder if there was that'd be a whole <laughs> of the ball game what do you think this got on imdb and rotten tomatoes seven on imdb 6.6 dang i was pretty close okay rotten tomatoes 82 84 <gasps> i'm getting good did you look this up i actually did not no it was i re- tell you when i have Here's an it. ironic thing. It was released. Oh no! Okay, that's not ironic. Isn't it ironic? Well, it's, it was. Kidding, it re- was released September 9th, two thousand eleven, and I like switched the dates up, and I was like, it was released on September eleventh, two thousand nine. I got. I think I got a case of a. Uh, is that called dyslexia? Are you yeah. Like, I think I got some of that going on. I think most people have a very mild. Like, I I think that that's. Just like how I think everybody's a little bit autistic. Oh. Like I know that I am. Like, I really struggle to make on, eye contact and on stuff. On the spectrum just a tiny bit. Is that what mm-hmm. you're saying? Yeah. So, I think, like, it's the same thing. Like, I think that everybody's got a little case of dyslexia. I think you're going to get some hate mail from that last statement. And I work with kids that are on the spectrum, so you can all fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> He, um, Every time I meet someone, I'm like, oh, you're a little, you're a little spectrum-y. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Every time. I can pick it out about any person. <laughs> that being said, uh, yeah, viruses, bacteria, things like that are very scary. Um, here's something that's very scary. Hmm. The, uh, the time change? 
That's well, terrifying. That is terrifying. <laughs> HIV mm-hmm. is a, it's a virus. Right. And it's constantly changing and figuring things out. There's like actually four strains of HIV, I believe now. I was reading an article the other day that scientists think HIV is changing so much that one day in the future it could actually become airborne. Bear, did you hear that? We're going to go kill ourselves. <laughs> now, that, I just read it on a website. Don't panic. Um, I'm panicking. It's too late. Thank you. But When I hear airborne, I don't think of like, oh, I coughed and like I sent some germs out. I think of like someone breathes and like they blink and the virus is out in the air. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something totally opposite. Like, I thought you were like, when I think airborne, I think of like... Skydiving. Uh, a military plane coming over and all these viruses jumping out with parachutes and landing on me. I don't know why, but I just thought of, it's like rain on your wedding day. <laughs> that just came to me, so. Okay, but as we leave <laughs> you guys with um, that very beautiful music, if you're a Salt Lake local like we are. Mm-hmm. Don't want, touch anything. Well... <laughs> If you attended the BYU basketball game recently, you were exposed to coronavirus because the person that they have in quarantine and oh, treatment good. So right they now, exposed a whole fucking arena. That's yes, wonderful. Exactly, they did. Um, and now the health department is working to track those individuals down. BYU fans, man. I'd rather <laughs> die. Oh come on, we're telling people not to panic. <laughs> And on other news, if you're a local youth hound, stay away from streams and waterways right now. Why? What's going on there? Flooding. Oh, also, if you are a Utah and you go to U- the uh, University of Utah, um, they do believe that there's a sex trafficking scam going on that is protected under um, Hang on. laws. Yeah, it's a Bible study group. Yeah, they're a Bible now, study group, but they... What, the way you just made that sound is a sex trafficking scam. Sorry. So the sex trafficking is a scam, no, well, no. or there is an actual sex trafficking ring going on? Like, they think that um, it's a sex trafficking group. Okay. And it's not a scam. Sorry, <laughs> I just got excited. I was like, oh, man, like this is a good time to like use this platform. Um. And uh, they, they're using the guise of being a local Bible group. And so they're urging all women to, like, just really use precaution. Like, if it's somebody you don't know, please don't go with them. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of common sense. It's not that common anymore. But It's not that common anymore. It's a night, it's a night group. It's, yeah, I, I've, I read that story and I was like, I would never go to this, but... I'm not saying you're dumb if you do, but really, come on, people, let's think, you know? I think when you hear Bible, though, it translates to safety. Like, it's not me. I agree with you, but I think that... For, <laughs> like, I think stay as far away from that shit as I can. We all know how Jonestown ended. I think, though, <laughs> like, people who are naive, they go, oh, I know there's sex trafficking going around, but somebody who's a Bible person, that wouldn't be bad. So I, evil hides be t- behind disguises all the time. I know you don't have to tell me that. So, yeah. I'm just saying. Oh no, I I think it should be put out there. Be on the be on the lookout. 
in the watch for that going around the University of Utah. If you're a University of Utah student or just anywhere in the greater United States mm-hmm. or the world. I guess sex trafficking is a, or and human trafficking is more of a world problem, too. Mm-hmm. And it really is like an epidemic in the United States. Like, I mean, it's been an epidemic pretty much everywhere, but... Like I think people in the United States. Are you sure States, you use the word epidemic for this? I don't to think describe pandemic this? describes sex trafficking. Well, I don't think epidemic describes it either. I don't know, but I know that it's an epidemic in the United States. It's and a problem. Anyway, people think that it's. Maybe you do use it. I don't know. You can use epidemic for that. I saw that you I, can use it for if it's a problem, basically. Like, <laughs> like the opioid crisis is an epidemic. Are you fucking kidding me. That I'm gonna go around saying we have an epidemic of potholes in Utah. We have an epidemic of potholes in this country. We have anyway, an epidemic. <laughs> people tend to think that it it will Wait, won't were you ever happen. To get, you get political you. there. No, you're like. They, that's why I support Bernie Sanders. I think <laughs> you're really dumb. <laughs> no, um, like people always think that like bad things don't happen to you, and that's not true. Like, like I, I beg to differ. I think bad things happen to me too much and too often. You know what I mean? Like everybody's like, "Oh, that would never happen to me." Uh, yeah, oh, like, that would never happen to me. And then <clears throat> guess what? It has to happen to someone. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. You know, it's kind of like. Oh, I think we overreact to certain things. Like, let's say... And greatly underreact to, to others. other things, yeah. I think that's 100% true. Well, that being said, go watch Contagion if you're of sound mind. If you're one of those people that is hitting up every Costco, Walmart, Sam's Club, and you're buying all the toilet paper and water... Stop, because you're a piece of shit, and other people need to wipe their butts. Well, too. <laughs> don't don't go watch this movie because it's gonna make you go into like rager mode with it. <laughs> that is true. Also, don't steal toilet paper from your local mun- municipalities, or don't touch that. You don't know who's touched the toilet paper before you. What are you talking about? Like if you're pulling it out of the fucking dispenser. Oh, well, I mean, then I. Okay, what are you telling people not to wipe their asses because you don't well, know don't if you could get some... Well, don't take the whole thing. I don't know. Just like... That made no sense. Like, your logic there was like, don't wipe your ass, but don't take it because you don't know who's touched it. <laughs> bring your own toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> don't take toilet paper. Bring your own. Right. B-Y-O-T-P. Well, that being said, I think Lazy uh, said it perfectly with don't get caught in a stall without no toilet paper out there, people. Can you spare a square? Dude, are you serious right now? I am going to say that when I'm in the restroom. Have and you someone comes. That? No, That's but the next Seinfeld. time someone sits down next to me, I'm like, could you spare a square? And you know, the lady next to um, to Elaine was like, no, I don't have a, a square to spare. <laughs> and she was like, you don't have a single square? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's been fun. You guys, go check out our Patreon because we did a review on Invisible Men. Mm-hmm. It will be available Thursday. Thursday for all our patrons. And you can become a patron for as low as one buck. One dollar. It's true. There's not even value menus out there on fast food uh, joints that offer dollar stuff anymore, is there? Not really. It's all like a dollar fifty dollar or they, we, a dollar plus the, tax. They don't call it the dollar menu anymore. It's the value. Well, menu. we have a dollar menu. And you can get 
all of our bonus episodes for one buck. Mm-hmm. So go check them out. And wherever you're listening to us, either CastBox, SoundCloud, Patreon, or Apple Podcast, or many other devices out there that we're on, thank you. And have a great day.